This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from UCSF Medical Center. U.S. News and World Report has recognized UCSF Medical Center as the best hospital in California for neurology and neurosurgery, cancer, orthopedics, kidney care, diabetes and endocrinology, lung and respiratory care. UCSF Health, redefining possible. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with myself, Robbie Musto, and my buddy, of course, as always, Robbie Irwell. We react and review everything in England's Premier League. Now, of course, we're going to look ahead to the huge games tomorrow in the league where Manchester City take on Arsenal at home and Chelsea play Man United. Huge games tomorrow. But let's start, my friend, with mm. the games from today. And the biggest one was at the London Stadium where West Ham United lost to Liverpool 4-1 in a very interesting game from both sides of the equation. What did you take from it? Yeah, you talked about huge games tomorrow, Rob. This was, was a huge game. When, when I think of both teams, the consequences of a Liverpool loss mm. would have been Liverpool out of the top six. The consequences of a West Ham defeat could be, by the time we go into the international break, West Ham could be in the bottom three. So it was key for Klopp, and I'm saying it was big for Billich, and, and key for Klopp came out on top. And not only, I think one of the, the, the most sort of, Startling things for me with, with Liverpool today, Rob, was there was very few defensive mistakes. It looked more like he had a solid back four. So full-backs weren't flying on. Centre-backs weren't running into midfield and leaving holes. It, it looked like there were four attached defenders who said, you know what, we're going to do our job with the goalkeeper behind us. And then mm. in front of them, Rob, it was strange. At times, I was watching the game thinking... Yeah. They've almost got two in midfield and four ahead of them. And, and those yeah. four were sometimes interchanging positions. It was three behind one. Sometimes they were a flat four. Yeah. But I think it looked to me like, attacking-wise, Liverpool had decided that front four was enough to get the goals to win the game. And that back four had decided, if we sit in and we do our job, we don't lose this game. And, and uh, there was one sort of big disappointment for me in Liverpool and that was the strip they were wearing. Bold citrus. <laughs> Has that ever been a colour in the Premier League? I mean, you, you should be dot points for bold citrus strip, but joking apart, it was a, it was a, a more comfortable, solid Liverpool performance than we've seen of late. And obviously, what this team have got is goals all over the place with the likes of Mane, back, Salah, Oxlade-Chamberlain, do him no harm getting his first Premier League goal. So, uh, Saturday day for Liverpool, worrying signs again, my friend, for Slavin Bilic and, and the Hammers. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the colour of the shirts. I'm colourblind. Can you imagine how hard it is for me to even put a name <laughs> on that colour? It, it, it just looked a ridiculous colour. It looked, it looked ho- awful and, and horrible, but the performance wasn't. And mm. I agree with you, Rob. And, and, um, and, and what was slightly, not worrying, but a little bit strange is that Jurgen Klopp afterwards talked about the performance and, mm. and I think the commentator, the, um, the interviewer said to him, you know, it seemed, you know, defensively strong and he said, well, yes, we, we only had a day to prepare for this with the Champions League game and, you know, we just thought we'd be, be deeper and play more on a counter-attack and it worked out great. Now, I hope it wasn't as, as forced as that because 
we have the benefit as, of the tactical camera in the studio, and it, it was very, it was startling. It was startling how narrow and how close the fullbacks were because the fullbacks mm. make everything different. We, we've done analysis before, Rob, on yeah. uh, Alberto Moreno, left back, playing really, really high. The ball turns over, and there's only two defenders back there, and they get caught. Now, the ball turned over today, as it always does, mm. but when it turned over for West Ham, you look at Liverpool, you're like, oh, the back four is still in place. And it, it's so hard to break through a back four when it's in place and it's not separated. So I thought that was a, a key difference. And as you said, they've got so much talent going forward. I, I don't know whether they need the support of fullbacks to get away yeah. from the central defenders. So I, I hope, for Liverpool's point of view and for Liverpool fans, that it was a slightly different strategy that, that will be used going forward, even if it's only for the next few weeks, just to assure everybody that, mm. that Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool can defend. Um, but on to the midfield players and the forward players. I mean, they have made some good signings, Rob, Liverpool. They have made some good signings. Sadio Mo Mane, Salah, Mo Salah is a summer. star. He's a star. I mean, it, I, we know it's, it's, it was a big fee. Mm. Uh, it can raise, I think it goes up to $56 million. There's been a lot more money spent on players yeah. that are nowhere near as good as Guilty him in the Premier it. League. And a little bit of license he was given today, mm. like you said, in a central position. But he's so quick and he's got such an eye good for fire, getting yeah. in behind. Target. He's hard to stop, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's got pace, got movement. I just want to go back at, because I, I think it, it, it's right and only fair. Alberto Moreno. He's somebody who I personally, we at times, have given a bit of stick. Let me tell you what I've seen of late. Looks a little bit fitter, maybe drops a pound or two. Looks a little bit more focused. And whether it was by luck or design, and maybe Champions League is, is the future for, for Liverpool, maybe one day's training, sit deeper, you, can't, you yeah. don't have as much energy, make, makes them a better team. Yeah. But fair play to, to him. You know, he looks to have turned his Liverpool career around, played in a lot more solid uh, role today, and that's something now going forward. I think we, we've got to give the guy a chance to say, listen, hands up, he looks like he's learned from some of those early nightmare performances when he was caught out of position when he was flying down the left wing yeah. and uh, has done a good job. The other thing today, and I thought it was a little sneaky one from Jurgen Klopp, just sneaked Dayan Lovren onto the pitch, didn't he, late on? No. It was interesting that interesting. We, you said last week about yeah. <laughs> muscle injuries. That's yeah. four or five weeks. And I just thought, yep. clever management. 4-1, the game's won. Everybody's talking about West Ham and everybody leaving the stadium. On you go, Dayan. In you go. Nobody's noticed. You're back in the first-team picture. We've won with you in the team. Maybe we forget about some of the stuff but, but, that's gone on. But you know what, what I'm thinking straight away. Remember, let's rewind real quick. Yeah, and he was asked, mm. he had a muscle, muscle problem. Injury. And the manager said to him, mm. are you okay to go, yes or no? And he said no. That immediately it, says, wow, that's a, that's a small strain, um, maybe more than that. And that's going to be two to three weeks at least. And he's back seven days later, ready to play. So... Looking it was back, a muscle in that, his finger. He's all right. It's it, a Liverpool it was trailer. A, it was a get out. It was a get out of it last week. Of course, and, and, and they got him on face. Talking of bad defending, Robbie Muster. We can't. Me, are you going to go get, to West Ham? Are you going to still? Yeah. I want to because I just want to get your thought on Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Sneaked mm. into the team in a yeah. wider position. He gets his mm. goal. Yeah. He wasn't particularly wasn't involved. Great, but was how, okay. how did you think? I mean, that's, uh, in, that's okay. a step in the direction. Goal will do him a world of good. Can play in a number of those positions. His versatility and he's got a good, f good football brain. Mm. So um, yes, I think he can do better. But Liverpool going forward, Rob, have got plenty yeah. of, of attacking threats. It's the other end of the pitch that was better today. Yeah. That they've gotten result. But, but let's talk about okay. bad defending. And cool. I want to point to West Ham. So goal conceded from your own corner kick. 
counter-attack uh, routine, poorly defended. Goal conceded from a Liverpool corner kick. Ball into the near post, not defended, goes in. Get into the game at 2-1. Chance to, to at least yeah. put some pressure. Mm. Goal conceded l less than a minute later. Now, let's just rewind last week when you're 2-1 up and Mikel Antonio, with seconds on the clock, gives a ball away. Yeah. Robert, is, are this team learning and how much has to start to fall on the shoulders of the manager? This is a manager who was, was a very good centre-back, had good defensive responsibility when he played. His team don't seem to mirror that of the manager. How how much is it his fault, though, that Mikel well, Antonio that, that, that's doesn't question, run into the corner? But I don't think West Ham was set up well from the corner kick. If, no, Fernandez, goes, if Fernandez goes in and misses the chance and, and, and they break that quickly against a Liverpool team who've got two on the edge of the box, not so sure. The, the first, the corner routine that Liverpool score from, your front man's got to deal with that. Mm. And then at 2-1 in the game... It was another mistake, you're wasn't out it? There, Winston Reid, Rob, wasn't it, that Correct. made a mistake for 3-1? Yeah, 3-1. Yeah. If you're out in that game... I'm saying it in that, uh, let's keep it in their half for, for next five minutes. Let's put them under pressure. It's mm. a Liverpool team that we know gets nervous, hasn't defended well. Yeah. I don't yeah. see any of I that. Know. Within a minute, they're I back know. in the game. And then, now, as much as that, a lot of that turns down on players, some of it has to come back to the manager, Rob. And I know he, he, was, he was almost sat there with a bit of a wry smile as if to say, what else do I need to mm. do? Mm. But ultimately, it falls on the manager. No, it does. It does. And, and whether you think about tactics, and I know they had some defensive issues, so we had to play Fernandez at right wing back. And I thought, I thought Noble, I mean, Noble, I know did so well in the game before, but I thought he struggled in midfield. You've still got a conundrum up front where you're playing Hernandez and IU, and you've got Anatovic and Andy Carroll on the bench. It, it, it does feel like a mess. And I, I almost yeah. want to uh, see from West Ham, I, I want to see Anatovic in the side and decide whether you're going to play Carroll. If Andy Carroll's fit, you can still play a more intricate game. It doesn't have to be a long ball to Andy Carroll because I feel like Billich thinks, if I've got Carroll in the side, I know we're going to be long and I know fans don't really want that. I just, I just, it, it really is a but mess. Isn't, isn't that and there, there in the problem, mistakes. Rob? You, you've got this group of players that no doubt at least mid-table if, if not somewhere above, mm. but you don't know the shape, you don't know the best personnel. I don't really know if we know their best style of play. There's like so many questions yeah. with it, with this group, Rob. It, it just seems soon, sooner or later we, we, we're going to have problems. So in a big game for both teams, West Ham don't defend well from their corners or the opposition's corners to put more pressure on Slaven Village and the hapless Hammers. Next, we'll turn our attention to managers on the hot seat. And is their butt hot or is their butt not? You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. Welcome back to the Two Robbies football show here on NBC Sports Radio. Now, my friend, there's 11 games gone. There's going to be a two-week international break after this weekend finishes tomorrow. It's often a good time, unfortunately, for owners of Premier League clubs to fire their managers. And you teased yep. at the end of the first segment there. We're going to take a quick scan around the league to see who is feeling the heat. Now, let's start with the team and the club that we just talked about, West Ham United, Slaven yep. Bilic. And I was asked after today's defeat to Liverpool mm. whether it was the right time to fire Slaven Bilic. And I said, no, no, it's not. And the next three games, and this is the reason why I don't think it is, is, is yeah. Watford, Leicester and Everton. Now, okay. and that takes you through November. Now, at the end mm -hmm. of November, through those three games, West Ham United have not significantly improved their league position. Then okay. that's the right time to fire him. I just think it's such a big decision, Rob, that I'm, if, I, if I'm an owner, I want to make sure I've given this guy as long as I can to rectify the issue. 
Okay, well, I slightly disagree, and I agree with the, the fixes: Watford, Leicester, and Everton. Let's say our games you should win, but on the basis of what you've seen so far, you don't win them. And I'm saying that Huddersfield are 10th in the league, Newcastle 11th in the league, Brighton 8th in the league, all probably, we're talking about six or, or so points ahead of you. If, that, if they get two wins in that period and, and you lose your, your three and draw, lose um, two and draw one, we're, we're talking about 10, 11, 12 point gaps, Rob, at this stage of the season. I'm not so sure that West Ham make them up. So the reason you keep him is because you li you believe he can turn things around, but he's got to win those kind of... You've got to give him the chance. You've got to give him the chance to. You have, but based on, I would say based on some of the defensive situations I've seen, some of the things I see, I've seen happening at the football club, and I wanted to just make a, a really quick com comparison about two teams who play in Clement and Blue. Burnley, West Ham. Burnley, organised, committed... A system that suits the group, and they're all all in. Everybody plays for each other. West Ham, disorganised, not sure about the game plan, not sure if everybody seems to be pulling in the right direction. Those are the kind of things, Rob, that say to me, it might possibly be time, and, and we love Slavin, mm. these players love Slavin, it might just be time for a change. So, if Slavin Bilic is in, in the hot shot... Here's an interesting one from today's game. Huddersfield beat West Bromwich Albion 1-0. Another fantastic win for Huddersfield. David Wagner talked about it being just as important as the Manchester United one because this wasn't you know, a, a big blue-chip team, but to go against a West Brom team, a team that know this league are difficult to play against, was, was a, uh, a great win and, um, for them, a 1-0 win. But there's a bit of talk after the game about Tony Pulis being un under pressure. I think it's now eight Premier League games without a win after having a good start to the season. Tony Pulis under pressure. Is this more to do with his style of play, Rob, than, than the results they're getting? It's to do with the results. Because we know that with Tony Pulis, you don't get a great style of play. He, but you hang your hat on <laughs> him, making you safe every season. So I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not contemplating firing Tony Pulis no, yet. No. If the results continue and they find themselves in the bottom three um, over the next few weeks then absolutely you have to answer the question. But I think mm. what, what he gives you is that stability. It's so frustrating though if you're a West Brom fan because you think by now under this guy that there's a, a strong enough foundation to go and be more expansive. And we've praised him. At the start yeah, of the season, he sure. won the first two, two mm. matches. He, he's brought in players. Nasser Chadley has been brought into the football club. Yeah. You know, you, you've got uh, Sutherland Rondon was on the bench, Matt Rondon. Phillips. So yeah. the players, there's three players there we just talked about. They're on the bench today. So it's like mm. he's so scared or nervous about playing a more expansive team that all the fans want to see because we believe the foundation is strong enough but he still yeah. doesn't believe that well and, and the thing with tony pulis is you sack tony pulis to bring in another tony pulis because you need a firefighter who's going to make you solid i don't really see that that one's going to happen anytime soon if i was known of, of west Brom Jail, i'm sure that tony can get you out of that but i can't help thinking sometimes his style of play maybe makes this conversation mm. brings it on a little bit more than if he was you know the eddie howe types who, who plays good football yeah. moving on mm. southampton nil burnley one sean dyche's revolution just continues to grow despite speculation from everton his team keep doing the business sam volks gets the goal another clean sheet but on the other hand Joe Pellegrino at Southampton. I think that's nine of the last 12 Premier League games without scoring goals. 
hasn't quite put his fingerprints over this football club. A little bit of unrest at the Saints, Rob. You know what? Sometimes in football, there, there are situations where, for me, it's difficult to figure out what's going on. Because I look at this Southampton roster, I like it. Ryan Bertrand, mm, Cedric yeah. Suarez, Van Dijk, Yoshida. Midfield, Stephen Davis, Romeo. We know... Um, the guy Lamine is injured from, Lamine, uh, from yeah, Juventus. Yeah. They've got Redmond, Tadic, Gabbiadini as a so striker. Shane. So, so well, what, I don't know. Give Charlie Aston a start. Charlie Aston mm. is, is a goal scorer. I know he's not graceful. I know he's not super skillful or fast. But is when he we see him. Was he, was he on the bench? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was on the bench. And, you know, I don't know why he doesn't start him. And I just. Listen, I know Southampton fans were frustrated last season. Claude mm. Puel was a, he's a little bit dour in his interviews and the football was very possession and kind of they struggled to score goals. It's exactly the same. I mean, they will be asking themselves, hang on a minute, did we do the right thing in firing him and bringing in Pellegrino? No, I, I've liked what Southampton has done. Some of their football has been progressive and entertaining. But come on. I mean, this is mm. getting crazy now where they're yeah. not scoring and they lost again to, to an informed Burnley side. Yep, tough times at, at, at St Mary's. I think they expect a little bit more from their team in terms of football and goals. It hasn't been great so far. Let's turn to another game. Swansea nil, Brighton won. Huge credit to Chris Hutton again. His team get the, the game done. Glenn Murray with another goal. I think that's three in, in, in uh, his last three games for him. But Swansea, Rob, I've not quite kicked on in the manner that I think we both thought. Paul Clement came into the football club last season, gave him a real boost, kept them up. Had a summer window, thought, OK, we, we get a chance to see him now. Not gone as it's like, rumblings that the fans are unhappy, rumbling that the owners are unhappy with things. That doesn't smell like a, a happy camp at all. Keep him. Got to keep him. Poor Clement. Mm. I, I tell you what, I, I know. Bottom three, the football's yeah. not been good, and you lose to a promoted team in Brighton. I know, I get it. We've been there when it's been super frustrating. Mm. Renato Sanchez and Wilfred Bonny were not available to start this game. That's a problem. I mean, this team has shown that it's not a brilliant Premier League side, is but it Wilford, needs a couple Wilford of star Bonnie players. The real deal, well, let's, we, we've got to wait and see. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been correct, fit. Correct. I mean, he's done it there before, hasn't he? Correct. But, I mean, sometimes you wait and wait and wait, and then when he comes back, it doesn't quite happen, and almost like it's a bit of a false dawn. Is Jordan Ayew good enough? And Tammy Abraham, are they, are, they, are they good enough as two front players to keep him in the league? Because I well, have my doubts Tammy about Tammy Abraham's that. got into England squad, so it would seem that Gareth Southgate thinks so, but... You know, the, the one thing, and again, and I just want to try and go down this route with, with you if, if I can. Mm. Paul Clement's been the number two with, with some great managers and had good success and is a very good coach. Still very different being the number one. It looks to me, Rob, and I've, and I've kind of been watching over the weeks. I, look, I watch a lot of his press conferences before games. Just a little bit of that drive in him isn't quite the same. Now, I think, I think this league does it to you. I think it's relentless. I think, obviously, results haven't gone well, so it's, it's put him on a little bit of, uh, of, of a lesser curve. Mm. Does he have to kind of grow into being a Premier League manager? Because, you know, it's one thing being the assistant, but there's another thing leading a football club, especially when things aren't going well. Yeah, you know what he looks to me, Rob? He looks angry. He looks an angry man afterwards, and I get he mm. looks kind of he looks down, not down yeah. and out, but he looks yeah. so frustrated. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants, he doesn't want this. It seems like from day one he's been fighting fires and trying to pull him forward mm. um, to 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 get Swansea away from the relegation zone. Again, they are in it, and their star players are not playing, and it's just. I just, I, I feel for him because I think he's a talented coach and I think he's the right man for the job. But as you said, and we started this segment, he is another manager under pressure. 
we have to see how it reacts in the, the next few weekdays. Okay, when we return from the break, we'll quickly review the other games from today and start our Super Sunday preview. Massive games coming tomorrow, including Spurs versus Crystal Palace, Man City Arsenal and Chelsea versus Manchester United. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. And before we get to Sunday's previews, those big games, let's quickly round up the, the games from today that we haven't talked about so far. And some managers have already fired their coach. We were talking about that earlier on. And Claude Puel is a new manager at Leicester City. They drew today away from home 2-2 at Stoke. Who were the better team, Rob? Leicester were the better team. Um, I like that Demory Gray's been given the extended chance to, to prove himself in the first team. Sometimes they assign a signal of a new manager going in, looking through different eyes. Starting to get a tune out, Riyad Mahrez looks to have a little bit more appetite, got his goal again today. And the one thing I think we said when Claude Buell, Puel went into this football club is he's got to grasp the dressing room. He's got to do something different. And I think he has, Rob, and I think that's been important to this Leicester group. They look a little bit different than that sort of one-dimensional, mm. get-it-forward-quick team. Yeah. But I have to say, it, it, it's a change that will take time, but, but looks like it might serve them well. 61% possession today, mm. Leicester, away from home. That's different. Mm. It really is. And what they've got as well is they've still got the counter-attack. Yeah. Now, with this style, there might be fewer of them, but I kind of like that they're going to move away, as you said, to one-dimensional play. And, mm -hmm. you know, Puel, we know he likes the expansive, the patient football. It's frustrated Southampton fans last year, but I've got to say the balance between the football part and the counter-attacking part I think looks pretty good. Now, for Mark Hughes and Stoke City, a man that was under a little bit of pressure. They won yeah. Watford last Saturday 1-0, which took a lot of pressure off of him. He would be very close to the bottom three right now. Mm. They're still, for me, a team that look like they could be better than, than they always are. Yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to have quite solve his problem, does he? He's got he's brought a bit of ta talent in, promoting um, Rodriguez, people who, who you think can can uh, get them goals, but it just doesn't. The balance doesn't look quite look right. I don't know if it's the shape, whether it's the individuals. He's got he hasn't particularly got that much consistency from his better players, uh, so still sort of stretching, still finding, but too good to go down. Yeah. We'll some be somewhere mid-table. We'll be a stretch probably to get top 10, but that, that will be the kind of ambition. My man, Eddie Howe, mm. brilliant young English manager, was under pressure going into this weekend. They were second yeah. from bottom in a very poor, their worst start to a Premier League campaign. Yeah. They find a way to win at St. James's Park, and Newcastle United were the better team in the second half. They got the mm. goal, 1-0 uh, the victory uh, from a Cook header. Are they getting better? You, yeah. They are getting better. Uh, had better control of the game second half. Looked the more likely side. Had a little bit more um, invention in and around the last third. I think Mark Pugh had a shot that was hit a defender, hits a post, comes off the line. Uh, a couple of other chances before Steve Cook gets the winner. But no, important win. Just going into that international break, and we know what that can be like for a couple of weeks if, you know, out, out of the bottom three, a good win. Eddie Howe, the one thing about Eddie Howe that you have to admire is he's not going to go away from the way no, he's he wants not. to play. For, for a young <laughs> man, it's such a strong yeah. personality and he's not going to get swayed and he, he must obviously have other people around him saying, maybe we should, maybe we should. He's going the way he's going and he will steer Bournemouth away from trouble and that's what's going to stand him in good stead 
when and if those big clubs start knocking. And I heard you on the show today say, surprise, maybe the likes of Everton having it this day. Yeah. Let's see what the next two weeks yeah. bring us. Newcastle point of view, just a little bit of a disappointing uh, little spell for, for Newcastle. I always get the sense with them, Rob. Every time you think there's a bit of sunshine, a great cloud follows. They, talk, you know, they get some wins, talk about new ownership, talk about new money coming into the football club. Then results go away again. It's almost like they can't handle success as a Newcastle team. The goalkeeper in the back four uh, for the Premier League are mm. there are seven out of ten. The the midfield players at Newcastle mm -hmm. as a unit yeah. are yeah. a six and a half, seven out of ten. The strikers are a three. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a big problem. Strikers. They're going to go, they're strikers. going to drop down the league because yeah. of that. I watched the two yeah. Hosselu and uh, Dwight Gale today. Yeah, played together. And and, and Not nothing, good, was it? nothing. Not good. It's such a shame. Now January might see something change there, mm. but if it doesn't, Newcastle United, in my opinion, right now, and I'll say it, they're going to finish fifth bottom, sixteenth. I don't think they're going to go down because the manager's smart, but they ain't got enough firepower in that striking position to so be where they want to be. They take, I, I think they and Rafa would take that right now. When you can't score goals and, and you struggle, it, it's mm. really a bad shout. But listen, yeah. we, we've gone through lots of managers we, who are under pressure. Just wanted to ask you, mate, before we move on to, to the big game, Manchester City against Arsenal, which manager do you think is most likely not to be sitting in his seat when we come back from the international break? We talked about a few under pressure. Which manager is not going to be sitting there? I'd have him sat in his spot, but Slaven Bilic has to be the man that's most likely going to lose his job. I'd keep him, but I tell you, the, man, the, the owners have got a big decision to make. I think Paul Clements as well. Do you? I just get wow. a sense things aren't, aren't happy over that club, and they might just decide to make a move quickly. Let's move it forward to a big game, as we talked about uh, on Sunday, Manchester City v Arsenal. Arsenal trying to stop this, this City assault towards the title. Unbeaten, the only unbeaten team now left in the league. We've talked about it in a podcast during the week about Arsenal ability to defend well, to not make mistakes, to be compact and concentrated against the City's team that scored goals from all over the place, 35 goals in, in 10 games so far. Can Arsenal put in that kind of performance and then still have enough at the other end of the pitch with Lacazette, Ozil and, and Sanchez if they play? Let me paraphrase Arsene Wenger, Robbie Earl. Sometimes the best form of defence is attack. Ooh. And he talked about balance and he isn't going to go there to defend. Bring it on. Ooh, it's going to awesome. be enough. We trust. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it three years ago they went to, I think it was to, to the Etihad and, and got a result. Uh, and, and I assume on that day feeling they, they can play. Listen, if, if this becomes a boxing match toe-to-toe, -to -toe, if this is basketball end-to-end, City score six while Arsenal score two or three. That's let's, all I'm going to say. Let, let's think about this a little bit there, Rob, right? About who you'd select. Mm. Mesut Ozil. Now, let, let me try and... Let, we, I think we would agree Plays. that Man City, Man City are going to mm. dominate possession of the football. Correct. So Arsenal's attacks are going to come about through winning the ball back and counter-attacks. I'm Correct. saying that Theo Walcott, I want him in the side because he's fast yeah. on a counter-attack. You want who in, sorry? Theo Walcott, I think, has to start, Rob. Now, Meza Ozil will keep the ball for you, yeah. but is he that much? Of, is he is he too much of a luxury player mm. to play at Man City? I like the idea no. of pace, no. Alexis, Lacazette, and, and no. Theo Walcott. Unless you change to a back four, you could put maybe Ozil in as a number 10, no. um, but I think you'll okay go with this I'm okay with five. the three, as I saw against Everton. I think in counter-attack football, Rob, you also have to find the right pass. You have to know the right time. I'm not sure that's Theo Walcott's game. Yes, he's got pace. Yes, he can run. 
But if, if, if you don't know where you're running, if you haven't got the right timing or the right sort of football IQ, I'd have Mesut Ozil every day of the week. He's one of my better players. Well, even his, even his, his awful listen, body language. It, 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 who's it, he stopping listen, on the other side is of it? Is he stopping De Bruyne or, or David Silva or Sonny? Who's he stopping? What what's he doing? Say is, what I'm going to say is, my, my wing-backs, I don't want you too high. You don't have to play like wingers if that's not the, not the way. My two holding midfield players are the key. If Aaron Ramsey's in there and he has to sit and he doesn't come up over the halfway line, I can I take a little bit of a gamble on Mesut Ozil because I don't need the body as much. But if Aaron Ramsey starts firing through and we know Mesut Ozil's not going to do too much of that side of the game, then you've got a problem. So I want my best pl- one of my best players in there to open up City when we get our bits of possession. But the, the, the back five and the two in front of them have got to do a job. And, and to be fair, they've had a full week's rest. They, they yeah. You know, the star players weren't used... Uh, during the week in the Europa League. So the the, 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 the likes of Alexis and Urzil will be playing. Um, should be a fascinating game. And, yep, and let's get wait. on to Man City, I guess, Rob, after the break now. Yep, can't wait. One, one to look forward to. And it'll be about who has as much possession of the ball and what you do with it. City, we know, have got goals all over. Arsenal have to be tactically perfect to get this one done. So that's looking all, all Saturday's day, games done and looking ahead to Manchester City versus Arsenal. Next, we'll look at Jose Mourinho's return to Stamford Bridge. He's immersed in mind games and he's got his game face on. The special one is headed for Chelsea. This is the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio and all we talk is Premier League. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, Robbio, just before we go to the other game, the Chelsea United game, I did want to just talk about Manchester City. Um, we know they had a fantastic result in Naples where they beat Napoli 4-2 and I just want to quickly touch Rob on the the ability of City to rotate I mean we're going to see because they didn't play or start against Napoli there's Gabriel Jesus the 20 year old Brazilian who's lighting it up and David Silva so there's a there's a rotation policy and an ability with this squad that makes absolutely no difference to the teams that they're playing. And they're going to play Arsenal home, they're going to rotate again, and the conference is such that, that, that any player that seems to play for City at the moment is both playing well, assisting, and more importantly, scoring goals. Well, as we know, Rob, when you're out of a side and, and you come back into a team that may be struggling, things can be a bit, a bit, bit hard to get used to, the rhythm and the confidence in there. It's the complete opposite in this Manchester City team. You come in, everybody's flying, there's lots of chances being created, everybody knows their roles in the team. So whether it's Jesus or Aguero, Aguero, it doesn't really matter whether Bernardo's playing or Silva's coming. They both seem to be doing as well. In the wide positions, is it Sané, is it Sterling? They're both getting goals now when we both said at the start of the season that's something that you've got to do. So, listen, at the moment, I think the reason why people like us said we think City will win it because of the depth of the squad and the quality of the individuals. And this is what's shining through now. And this is where the test for Arsenal comes about. We've got somebody's coming in fresh, somebody's coming in confident. Can you stop those players from scoring goals? Yeah, we will see tomorrow. But the other big game that we'll get onto now is is Chelsea that hosts Manchester United. And such an interesting game for so many different reasons. Of course, the main one is Jose Mourinho going back to Chelsea where he had so much success. Uh, yeah. and rapport with the fans. Mm. But it's interesting. United are still yeah. getting criticised, even though the results have been good. This was put to Jose Mourinho yesterday that, that good results aren't enough for some people. Just as an example, Tottenham beat uh, Liverpool 4-1, Tottenham beat Real Madrid 3-1, Tottenham didn't score against Manchester United. So at least a little bit of credit my players deserve. 
know, with the special one, Rob, the, there's the R word that I think always means a lot to him, and that's respect. I think yeah. you go back to last season, the last time he, he went to Stamford Bridge as a Manchester United manager, team got beat 4-0, didn't like what he thought was a little bit maybe disrespect from Antonio Conte getting the crowd going. I didn't see an awful lot with that. Didn't like that some of the Chelsea fans were sort of giving him a little bit of stick on the side. I thought that was out of order considering what this man's done to that football club and, and setting him off in, in winning ways. But even now with his Manchester United team, you still get the sense that he doesn't feel his, his team or he is getting enough respect. And some of that is also because they're playing in the shadow of the other team from Manchester. They're playing scintillating football, they're scoring loads of goals, they're getting all the headlines. And I, and I just get the sense that he would feel going to Stamford Bridge tomorrow, getting a, a victory, whether it's Jose-style parking the bus or, or not, well, he deserves a little bit more respect for what he does at his football clubs and what he delivers in terms of silverware. Whatever happens tomorrow, we're going to get a story. We really are. I mean, if he goes there and wins, then everybody swings around and talks about Antonio Conte. If he goes there and loses and City win their game against Arsenal... It's just tough for him. And this little bit of this little bit of fan discontent, if you like, mm, you know, he's supposed it is to meet about, the fans, wasn't he? Yeah, well they want to meet him, but he's basically mm. saying, Well, I'm not gonna meet a quarter of the planet because he's basically talking about the whole of human United support. As he does. I, I just think that's something to keep an eye on. And also, mm. and this is a little angle I'm gonna throw at you, Rob, is that I know Lukaku's having a little bit of a tough time. Is it six games now without a yeah, goal? Yeah, six games. I look at yeah. um, Henrik Mkhitaryan. He's not playing w as, no. as well as he could do. Juan Mata no. isn't playing as well as he could. And I even wonder if Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial, that have done well, have had to kind of switch time and rotate mm. a little bit. Who out of their attacking players is really happy and enjoying their football? You tell me. Well... <laughs> They're not really happy if you're not scoring, uh, not scoring goals. Centre down to the style, down to the manager again, isn't it? A little it? bit, I mean, but I didn't see anybody moaning when they were getting fours and, and, and beating yeah. teams early in the season. So that's that's how it goes. Uh, I don't think that can all be just dro dropped on, on on Jose's feet. I mean, Lukaku's had chances. Saw him Champions League this week go through on his right foot, needs yeah. to clip the goalkeeper. Maybe give him the penalty. Maybe we're not talking about it the same, but that's yeah. Jose's management style. And yeah. you know what? Man up, get on with it, because that's the way it is, Rob. So I'm not particularly having that, that that's, that's thrown jo on Josie's yeah. uh, toes. I think with him, it's about, yeah, the style. He isn't going to get the praise that maybe a Spurs get when they win, a Manchester City get a, 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 an Arsenal when they play well or Liverpool, because he's not that kind of manager. His teams do it in a different way, and he has to accept that and, and realise he's not going to get the same plaudits. Yeah, and the plaudits are, have eased a little bit. Antonio Conte as well, Rob, just switching mm. over to Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, I put it down to, to there's, there's three issues. The first issue is the issue that I had at the start of the season. Uh, Alvaro Morata, I'm not sure whether he can be a consistent scorer. And Golo Kante, in terms of defensive midfield, is one of the best in the world. He's been missed. And the back three has been changed and been rotated. But those three parts, I think, and the, the Champions League games as well, it's been hard for him to get a consistent team on the field of play. And we've not seen the, the best of Chelsea so far this season. No, but we can, you know, in, in fairness, I think that the challenge becomes Champions League football as well as Premier League football, which they didn't have last yeah, season difficult. and we saw yeah. that but I don't think he felt and I think this is before the, the event that the squad was strong enough Rob to go in two competitions and that maybe is, is the case Who wins by the way? I'm going for just quickly I'm going for a Chelsea 1-0 win what are you going for? I'm going for a Manchester United win I think Josie goes there and gets I just don't think Chelsea in good shape at the moment just one or two things I saw midweek defensively not great 
as you talked about, some of those forwards needing and wanting a goal. I see, I see Jose going there and getting it done. But lots to look Absolutely. forward to on a fun day, Sunday of football. So, on a day when Liverpool beat the Hammers, Huddersfield beat the Baggies, and Burnley marched all over the Saints to go seventh in the Premier League table. Remember, for more debate, discussion, and good old argument, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts to download the two Robbie shows and hear m- more from me and Robbie Musto. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review the shows. It goes a long way to helping our ranking and visibility. And more importantly than that, let us know which team you support and why you love that particular team. And we'll read out the best two or three responses on our next Premier League podcast. And finally, for me, thanks to all the good folk at uh, Culver City. All your hard work and efforts goes without saying. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening to the show. We'll take another international break next Saturday. Um, But as my partner said, look out for a podcast landing after tomorrow's big games in the Premier League. And we will have a special guest on our pod tomorrow as well. Former Middlesbrough, Leicester, Chelsea goalkeeper Mark Schwartz, the current pundit for the BBC and Aussie football will join us as well. I'm sure he's got plenty of tales to tell of Jose Mourinho and his time at Chelsea. So until then, it's good night from me. And good night from him. Good night. Good night. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's flex.amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.